rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Right. The time. The time is now eight oh one a.m. and you are listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. And I am here with a dear friend of the show. He is a very important person. He got an award from the mayor on the 4th of July on the steps, not on the steps, but on the front of the GAR. You might have seen it if you were anybody watching anything happening in the city. And uh, he's awesome. And that trail of superlatives, that's the word of the day, superlatives. The trail of superlatives can lead to only one man, my friend and yours, Mr. Eric. Right. Good morning. Yay! Good morning, How are you? All right. I'm all right, my brother. I'm all right. We're doing good today. Hopefully, all you guys are doing good out there as well. How you been? I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. Okay. All right. Good to see you this morning. You're looking uh, looking spiffy and squared away. Thanks. I comb my hair for this. <laughs> you have you had that. You were we were talking earlier about um, when we used to be in the basement of One East Benton. Uh, where the uh, book wall is, you know, the last time I saw you, you had on that jacket. Actually, that's the whole, I'm, I was wearing the exact same thing, I believe. So I made sure to wear this when I reprised <laughs> my uh... jacket. The <laughs> whole shebang. Uh, all right. Um, so here's the thing, you guys. We got news for you. We have topics. I have a topic for you guys, actually, um, that I did not, I, I, we didn't robustly discuss this yesterday. And that's on me, so we'll be reviving this um, right now today. Yesterday, as you guys know, we talked about that crazy uh, King County board meeting. That's in the news for you guys to read as of yesterday. We'll be talking about legal fireworks today uh, with our brother. We'll be also learning about the new stuff that's taking place with the GAR. Um, So, Eric, if you could please let us know about the GAR, first of all, what it is, who you are, and what your position as curator entails. Museum is the Grand Army of the Republic Memorial Hall. It was built in 1877. Uh, that's when the cornerstone was laid on July 4th, and then opened for the first time exactly a year later on July 4th, 1878. Uh, originally, it was built as a monument to the Civil War veterans and operated as Aurora's free public library. So before One East Benton, the Carnegie. That's where the library was. So before One East, you guys heard that. You heard that right here. Before One East Benton, the library was GAR. Yep, 23 East Downer. So, yeah, I'm I'm Eric Pry, the curator, um, as Curtis has said several times now. (laughs) Uh, Curation for a small museum. Uh, It's a little different than what... um, I don't know, you, you, you've seen Wonder Woman, right? I have, actually. Right, so in there, I believe she's, she's, I think in the comics she's a curator, but in the movies she's more of a conservator. Um, slight difference. Um, I could be wrong, though. I, I don't know what her official title is in the movie. Um, <laughs> she's Wonder Woman. She can make her own with that. She's got the lasso, all that. <laughs> so the curator is, quote-unquote, the subject matter expert. Um, that means they research, they write papers, and they are they are the expert that everyone goes to in that institution to ask about something. And then when you're designing an exhibit or something, they're the ones that gives you all the information about the artifacts. And how long have you been curator? Uh, I have been technically curator for just about three years now. Um, before that, I was a contractor working for the city as the curator, and then before that, about a year before that, it was uh, assistant curator. Assistant curator. Yes, I was that not has always. A little ring to it, though. Kinda... Yeah, it was nice. It was a nice little title. All right. So um, now, the GAR was a meeting, the meeting place, Civil War veterans. 
Yes. There was wasn't there daughters of Civil War veterans also involved? Yeah. In some way. So the it's uh, what do they call them? It was the the auxiliaries or the associated organizations. Um, so you had the GAR, which was kind of the the main group, even though there were there was another organization that was older than them. So you'd have the Sons of Union Veterans, the Daughters of Union Veterans, Women's Relief Corps, and um, why am I blanking on their name? Uh-oh, don't blank on the name, <laughs> there's, bro. There's You're four. the curator. <laughs> I know. Aw, oh, man. See, this is always happens when I come in early. <laughs> um... I said daughters, sons, women's relief, and we'll get to the fourth. We'll get to the fourth. Okay, we'll Anyways. get to the fourth. Yeah, there is uh, a fourth. If there's anybody who knows about it, it is Eric right now. It's kind of early. Let's take a sip. Take a sip of the dunk. Yeah, sip that's right. That's sip right. It. You at home, sip it. <laughs> ah, yeah. All right. Really quick, um, want to say good morning to the following individuals. Rachel Roseby is here, y'all. Rachel is here. <laughs> Awesome published author and writer, editor at Victorious Editing Services. Aisha Saxon is here as well. Good morning, Aisha Saxon, to you, dear friend. Curators are the best. Uh, that's from Rachel Roseby to you, Eric. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and also, Mr. Daniel Barrero is here, y'all. He says that he loves the GAR. It is a gem. Dan has done so much for the GAR. He's been with that building since the city took over operation. I mean, a lot of people say, um, you know, the mayor gave me the award, but without Dan, without a lot of these city employees that have retired, there would be no GAR museum. So I want to point that out there and uh, give Dan Barrero a shout out. Dan Barrero, big time shouts out on Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. You guys are here. And actually, Rachel corrected a <laughs> It's not on Netflix. It's on Roku and Amazon Fire. Maybe Netflix is in the dear future. All right. Uh, yeah, I met Mr. Barrero. Um, I was coming out of the restroom. I did wash my hands, and I ran into the man in the lobby of my place of employment. And we got to talk and meet each other. He's a great guy. Great guy. Uh, he's done a lot for the city, and he recently retired. So give a round of applause. Up in the morning, listening to the news, the man is well informed. <laughs> All right. Um, so Eric, let's let me circle back real sure. quick. The fourth one was ladies of the Grand Army of the Republic. Ah, uh, the man corrected. He yeah. got all the info. Good. <laughs> um, Eric. Uh, here's what I want to talk about. Now, the GAR has done some renovations. It's brand spanking new. Talk about the new addition before we get to our first headline and topic. Um, talk about the new addition that we see or can see now at GAR. Yeah, so we renovated the lower level, and it's it's a little confusing because it's actually at ground level when you're on one side of the building. Right. And then it's lower level on the other side. So anyways, uh, the lower level, we renovated it to house temporary exhibits. So we have our permanent exhibit in the main hall. That does not change um, You know, if we need to make a correction or something that, you know, obviously. But we don't rotate it out. It doesn't change topics, themes, anything. The lower level, however, right now we have our service and sacrifice exhibit. That details Aurora's military history since World War I. It's, you know, it's a very good overview. It doesn't delve into a lot of uh, the nuances and the, the, the specifics, but we have limited space. Right. <laughs> um, not, it's not the science and history museum. It's not right. the field museum. And, uh, yeah, that's going to go through uh, up until November. And then in November, we're going to have uh, a new exhibit, which I will have to come back onto the show at that point. 
to bring up. I don't want to give too much information. No, that's word up. We can we can definitely do that. You know, a little bit of preview, a little bit of that's that's fine. Yeah, stay tuned. That's the that's the model. Stay tuned. Yeah. So uh, the the GAR Museum also changed hours. So in the past, we were only open noon to four on Saturdays, but now we are open Fridays noon to four, and then Saturdays ten a.m. to three p.m. In the near future, we're also going to be adding Thursday on there. What's now any special programs coming up? Well, uh, I'm setting up a couple events with some reenacting groups. Um, they're going to be out at the hall giving them, an, it's called an impression when they dress up and they, uh, they have all their, their gear and they put up a, a little display about their specific regiment that they reenact. Um, so a couple weeks ago we had the 19th Illinois and uh, a few weeks I'm not he this guy does a few different impressions so he might be doing a few different groups but um, I'll be posting on Facebook for that one um, yeah and then we of course you know August uh, is it August 6th August 6th is uh, first Fridays again oh snap yeah that's right what's uh, what you got planned for first Fridays uh, we are going to be open. I'm still working on getting uh, getting a couple guys out there in uniforms and giving a little uh, presentation about what they do. Uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. Now we'll give the for the listeners your favorite radio podcast host has has worn a uniform. Or the GAR once upon a time. That happened. That was fun. That was. That was a lot of fun. Um, I dressed up as a as a world as a, as a doughboy. I was a soldier in World War One. This was like a few years ago, and it was a Halloween event where kids came into the GAR and we passed out candy. There was a Civil War guy, World War One, World War Two, and a Vietnam guy. And my uh, my uh, costume was awesome. Except I had on Nikes, and there were no Nikes in nineteen fourteen through eighteen, so that was kind of weird. I mean, right? We were working with what we had. Yeah, exactly. Plus, we were handing out candies. <laughs> we were handing out Snickers bars. Which, like, did they have Snickers then? I don't know if they had Snickers back then either. Did, were you? I thought you were handing out uh, the M and M's. No, I'm sorry, that was World War Two. Right. You were yeah, that was the Hershey's. World War II. Yeah, Hershey's, Hershey's, all that, all yeah. that stuff. Um, okay, so real quick, guys, we got some topics. Let's get to some news. Let's get to some news. Uh, Aurora officials are moving forward with changes to deal with illegal fireworks in the city. This is not going away. We talked about this on Jeanette's planning. We talked about this just last week as well. I highlight, I highlight it, excuse me. Or would it be highlighted? I don't know. Let me know in the chat. Um, I spoke about it on that Tuesday and Wednesday of last week and then on Friday. But listen to this. Um, the effort is a response to a 4th of July weekend that uh, this year that one alderman said got people throughout town, quote, alarmed and concerned, end quote, about fireworks going off in their neighborhoods. The effort made Richard Irvin during a recent city council committee of the whole uh, call for revamping the city's ordinances regarding illegal, fire, illegal fireworks and explosives. Excuse me. Members of the city council, public health, transportation and safety committee discussed the changes through the, excuse me, although the Rules Administration and Procedures Committee eventually look at any actual operational changes proposed, the Public Health uh, Committee uh, also will get updates on the changes. So this is very important. Listen to this next part. Um, one of the enforcement ideas that might, might be using the police department's drones To survey neighborhoods where fireworks are going off. Alex Voigt also said the city is looking at what other communities do. Um, think about that. Think about that. Drones flying overhead, seeing what yard is doing what, and then, uh, I mean, how do we feel? Well, I got a special guest here. How do you feel about that? Ah, uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Personally, and this is not uh, this is not a reflection of uh, any anyone else's opinion but my own. But uh, you now we foster dogs. We have a dog. 
and uh, the fireworks in my neighborhood, they're really bad. They're really, really bad. They freak out our dog. The foster dogs, surprisingly, don't react as much, but once once our, our boy Rocky starts barking, uh, it gets everyone else barking. Um, everyone else. There's only one other right now. <laughs> Rocky and Andy. Um, so once Rocky barks, Andy barks, and... Uh, yeah, there's nothing that we can do about it. Um, so, you know, I'm always grateful for APD doing what they can. And uh, if we can crack down on it, great. You know, I don't want my house damaged. You know, I don't want people getting hurt. Um, you know, it's not necessarily as far as constitutionality goes. You know, it's not like they're invading homes and, you know, it's but they're utilizing 21st century technology to tackle a problem in Aurora. Um, well said. For the record, I I want the problem tackled too. I mean, because let's be honest, even before the 4th of July, fireworks were going off crazy stupid all night long. It's 2 in the morning, right? Y'all playing chente and blowing off fireworks. Um, and then days after. So it was it was... Definitely a problem, you know, and, and that's the that's the thing. Um, the drones overhead to circle and find out, you know, that's that's what I thought was a little bit interesting and different in this particular article. And I'm going to put that in the chat for you guys. What were you going to say? I didn't mean to cut you off. Though. Oh, I was say uh, just two days ago, we had fireworks going off in our neighborhood. I mean, we have fireworks going off all the time. Now, don't get me wrong, you know, everyone loves a good fireworks show, but. You know, when you're popping one or two off at 11.30 at night, what? <laughs> oh, uh, no, but yeah, people got to sleep. We got to go to work the next morning, and it has to end somehow. You know, I mean, come on. It, it's not like Christmas where you can start two months early. You know what I'm saying? With the decorations and all that. As well, all right. All right, the time is uh, the time is eight seventeen a.m. You're tuning in to listening and watching. Good morning, Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast, and we are here with my dear friend Eric Pry of the Memorial Hall and Museum. That is the actual name of the whole thing. That rhymed. Okay, um, yeah, so Mr. Barrero says that, um, yeah, pets are most affected. That is right. Josue Paez is here, and Tracy Duran's here as well. Yay! We are all here at 8.18 a.m. Uh, first of all, before we get into our next part of the discussion, I want to say that I hope all of you are having a nice, positive, happy, motivated, and uplifting Tuesday morning. The time is now 8.18. Okay, so Eric, first Friday is coming up. We're going to do something that's going to be happening at the GAR. So we got to stay tuned for that. But if you can, I saw something in that bottom service and sacrifice exhibit I thought was absolutely wonderful. There's, There's on the wall... There are all the mayors of Aurora who are veterans, or who were veterans. Um, tell us about that. Now, I know you don't know every single person's name that's on that list right now. On my phone, so that way I can cheat a little. Okay. And I can, uh, I can actually tell everyone. So while he's uh, pulling that up, I just want to say we have had a history of veterans as mayors in the second largest city in Illinois. And Eric is going to detail that for us. Our great mayor, current mayor right now, Mayor Richard Urban, is a Army veteran, I believe. And please, Mr. Mayor, don't get me wrong, but I believe he is a Desert Storm veteran, Gulf War campaign veteran. Um, So shouts out to Mayor Urban. What you got, my brother? What you got? So there are, looks like there's 13, yeah, 13 mayors on that panel. Where are they? Tell us about it. Well, uh, we got up in the mix. So we got uh, Delos W. Young, 
D.W. Young. Uh, he was mayor back in uh, 1864. So this is still during the Civil War, and he was a Civil War veteran. Um, we got Parks, Alexander C. Little, Fred Otis White, H.B. Douglas, uh, Henry B. Douglas. <clears throat> Those are all our Civil War veterans. I mean, we're talking, that's five out of them? I'm sorry, I forgot one. Howard, uh, Theodore Howard. Theodore, uh, hold on, wait. Theodore Howard. Yeah. Oh, I like that name. Yeah. And uh, so you got Little, White, Douglas, and Howard. They were all GAR members. You have four mayors right there. The uh, Spanish-American War, though, they only, they only have one, Charles H. Green. Mayor uh, in 1921 to 1930. Wow, he actually served a long time. Dang, he served for a minute. Yeah, yeah. nine terms. Okay. <clears throat> we had uh, Rauscher, Markle, and Egan, which I know many of our listeners uh, know the history of Paul Egan there. <laughs> Paul Egan, yes. Uh, so, and shout out to Tracy Duran. Yeah, he's the guy who needed a job. And so he just ran for mayor. He went from being unemployed to mayor. Let's give a round of applause for that hustle. <laughs> Very much a populist party candidate. Not necessarily the populist party, but he, he ran on uh, the anti-establishment. Um, you know, you can liken it to the, the Trump era of Republican politics right now. Right. Of... Yeah. That kind of that kind of era, that kind of movement, that kind of feeling or, or a consensus. Okay. All right. Um, so before we get to the next part, quick uh quick question for you. What's your favorite part of the GAR? Do you have a favorite exhibit? That's uh well right now my favorite exhibit is the service and sacrifice exhibit, of course. Uh I've you know, I worked on that all through the uh pandemic, uh Chad Jimenez. He's the one that designed all the panels. He's the one that made it. Yeah! My words look absolutely gorgeous. I mean, he designed everything down there. So uh, I owe Chad a lot, and I hope I look forward to working with him in the future too. Oh yeah, Chad Jimenez. He's a good guy, good brother. Um, I yeah, he's a he's a good man. He's a really good guy. Uh he's helped me out with a lot of things related to the city for many given times. I've had some promotion or uh, rather uh production and flyers and all that kind of stuff that I needed help with and he made it very easy for uh for me. So thank you very much to Chad Jimenez. Really good guy. Really good guy. Greg Ellsbury, good morning to you, sir, and Saul uh Ortiz. Good morning to both of you guys. Gabriel Bradford's here. Good morning, Gabriel Bradford. And Josue tells us drones. I don't know. That's a little bit too much as well. That is a uh, response to the article that we read and put in the chat, so you guys can read that at your leisure about cracking down on illegal fireworks using APD's drones. It's going to look like Terminator 2 over the skies of your Aurora neighborhood. That'd be kind of crazy, though. Could you imagine Skynet coming to Kane County? Yeah, well, you know, I, I don't know. My my personal opinion on the Terminator franchise, they should have stopped it too. But I think it's a pretty popular opinion. No, I I I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, Termin dude, Terminator Two was it, right? I mean, you you there was nothing else that we really needed after that. I was perfectly fine with it going away. Leave it alone. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's move on with the next news topic. Uh, the Aurora City Council, we told you guys about this, voting on changes to City Hall. That is coming up uh, today. Changes to City Hall are being voted on. That would add one more additional uh, department Excuse me, to the city government. The reorganization would create the Community Services Department, Information Technology Department, and Community Affairs Department. Those had previously been under the wing of other departments. It would also eliminate two departments, Innovation and Core Services, which would continue as a division under the new Community Services Department, and the City Clerk, which would become a division under the Legal Department. When the dust settles, there will be 10 departments at City Hall instead of nine if the City Council approves the plan. 
It still won't be as many as the 14 in the city government before 2009 when the government was cut back due to the recession. The entire shifting will add about 1.4% to the city's 2021 budget. A budget amendment for that was approved by the city council last week. Now, here is what else is important about this. Pay attention. On Tuesday, today, the council's RAP committee, Rules Administration Procedures Committee, will look at some of the changes and then forward those to the evening committee of the whole meeting. After that meeting finishes, a special city council meeting has been called to approve the reorganization as well as some of the people who will fill new or shifted positions. There will be changes in almost all departments. Mayor Richard Urban has already appointed many of the refiguring new positions in the Development Services Department. We have Herman, uh, if I get this wrong, Herman, please don't kill me. Herman Ganiki as the new Director of Development Services, serving right under the Chief Development Officer John Hurley. Other Development Services proposals are Josh Reem as Director of Building and Permits and Ruthie Harris as Manager of Property Standards. Christopher Mink has been appointed most recently to the finance director at the city of St. Charles as Aurora's new chief financial officer and city treasurer. Uh, Not appointed to the finance director, he was most recently the finance director at the city of St. Charles. He is now Aurora's new chief financial officer and city treasurer. He would replace Martin Lyons, who retired earlier this year, has been functioning part-time as the finance director. Shout out to Martin Lyons. He's a good guy. I met him a long time ago. He was really cool. That's my boy. All right, and uh, the Community Affairs Department will be revamped, and uh, Clayton Muhammad will stay at the top of the department with a new title, Chief Communications and Equity Officer. So, the time is now 8.27 a.m., and we are here with my dear friend, Mr. Eric Clyde. Eric, um, how did it feel getting that award from Mayor Urban in that hot sunshine on that day when it was like 90 degrees at 9 in the morning? You know, uh, I had no idea that was happening. Uh, you know, I had my parents out there. I had a couple friends that uh, live in the area, and I saw it was like, hey, you know, come out, check out the museum. Uh, we're reopening, and, you know, stay for the parade. And uh, my fiance uh, behind my back got all my friends together and they were kind of dispersed throughout the crowd. And, um, cause my birthday was just a couple of days and my birthday was on the second. So, uh, yeah. this was, this was her surprise to me cause she knows how much the museum is. Happy belated to, to the homie Eric Pry. Oh, thank you. Thank you. 30 and feeling flirty. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, it was nice to see a lot of the friends. And then all of a sudden, uh, he goes, uh, you know, I have this award and here I am thinking like, all right, you know, commission's getting recognized and, you know, these guys have, and women, have been there for years, and they've done a lot of hard work, too. And when he said my name, I snapped my head back. I was like, what? Me? What did I do? I just did my job. And, uh, but no, it felt great, and uh, I'm, I'm humbled, I'm honored, and it was, it was incredible. I got it hanging up in my office already. Um, I, so here's the thing, just so the listeners can understand you know, where the host is coming from in this. Um, I've known you for quite a while now, man. And I remember before the pandemic, way back, we know each other for a little bit now. Um, and I either met you at GAR or met you coming from GAR or we would meet at Treadwell or something like that and you'd be going to GAR. All you did was spend your time there. So that award is well-deserved. And I caught the whole moment on camera, and I caught it on pictures, and I posted those already. So shouts out to you, my brother. That's all for you. Yeah. Right. Support your friend. Seriously. We need more of that out here. The time is 8.30 a.m. Okay, so uh, now let's, let's do... We got some feedback from our wonderful folks in the audience. Uh, they're letting us know a whole bunch of things, actually, right now. So uh, Dan Barrero wants to know, any updates on the Century? Not yet. Uh, we're still waiting on the vendor that we contracted with to uh, to come get it. Um, 
they they have a lot of work going on right now, so they're they're in the process of scheduling it. Uh, what in the world is the century? I mean, for what's what's the century? What is that? Um, some of our long-term residents be nice. <laughs> long-term residents uh, will remember the the old church-looking building with the, the the old soldier up top. Well, that's the century. Um, he was. Designed after the Civil War, um, our model is, a, I believe, it's a J.W. Fisk. That's the manufacturer. And uh, he modeled it after one of his friends. And so it's, it's actually his friend that looks like that. But it's honoring the Union soldier. There's, uh, I don't know if you guys are part of the, the Aurora then and now group. Uh, there are a couple posts about it going back, I don't know, eight, nine, ten years and uh, some people were saying, well, you know, it's a Confederate that they modeled. No, it's not. It's actually, he's not even a veteran as far as I know. Um, we don't actually know the person for sure, but it's, it's a likely, um, likely his buddy. And uh, there's mentions of it in his records. Anyways, <clears throat> so some people think, oh, well, it's, a, it's the Confederate. You know, he modeled after a Confederate veteran. No, he, he didn't. He just modeled it after his buddy, made this... Uh, you know, white zinc or brown, uh, well, yeah, white zinc, white bronze. That's what it's called. Uh, zinc statue. <clears throat> and uh, so, yeah, the, the GAR organization actually did fund the purchase of that century. They used to sit up on top of the hall, uh, you know, watching over the city in case the South would ever rise again. And, uh, you know, it was symbolic, very much in nature, but uh, they took it down in 2008. Uh, it needed a lot of work, and uh, unfortunately, the century uh, fell into pieces, and uh, the the price obviously skyrocketed because you know now it's on one piece, it's in forty pieces or whatever. Um, so yeah, we got it back a few years ago. Um, just was sitting in storage, and when the grant was released, we we sent out a a request for qualifications and. We picked a, picked an organization in uh, Overland, Ohio. I can't remember the for the life of me the name right now, but yeah, no, they're working on uh, scheduling the time to pick up. Uh, so that's the history for those of you who did not know about the century. Uh, real quick, the discussion of the day was uh, stopping illegal fireworks and the uh, APD's potential use of drones to combat uh, fireworks. Got a comment about that as for the drones. All I could see is someone trying to knock one out of the sky with their fireworks. Not sure if the drones would work out well, but you never know. Oh, and you got a lot of you got a lot of happy belateds too, baby. You got a lot of happy belated. Broadway, 24 North Broadway. Check it out. A cool place to go. And if you go on Friday, you have, you have the uh, fish fry. It's very good. Mary Fultz is here. Good morning to you, Mary, and good morning to all of our people. The time is now 8.34 a.m. You are tuned into listening and watching Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. Um, real quick, you guys, don't forget, I got a couple of real hot news items for you guys to talk about. And as a matter of fact, uh, depends on how you look at it, but this definitely qualifies as Okay, New Covenant Full Gospel Church and the CAN Network, Community Advocacy Awareness Network, celebrate Aurora National Night Out. It's going to be Tuesday, August 3rd, 6 to 9 p.m., 1029 Kane Street in Aurora, Illinois. That's on the east side. It's free and open to the public. Meet your neighbors, music, pony rides. Y'all going to have ponies on the east side? Dang. Frog in the corner and he go ride. We bringing the country back to the city. Uh, pictures with Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. Face painting. Fire department and APD will be there shouting out. And more information. For, excuse me, for more information. You can give a call to area code 331-575-4630. That number again is 331-575. Hello. 
888-692-4630 or 708-692-2125. That number again, that other number again, is 708-692-2125. Shouts out to a great organization doing something. All right. Also, uh, for those of you, like me, interested in social justice and making change in our community, uh, Office of State Representative Barbara Hernandez is having her virtual social justice meeting. Uh, it's going to be the 27th of this month at 5 p.m. It's via Zoom. There is a registration link, which I will create a post and put out later for you guys to check out. The time is 8.36 a.m. And we are here with uh, our good buddy, Eric Pry of the GAR. That's the Grand Army of the Republic, if you're just tuning in. Cindy Morales is here. Good morning, Cindy. Got some good eyes. In the bag is a strawberry frosted donut from L. Duncan. That's what's in the bag. Uh, I don't want to eat on camera at the at the moment, but I'm gonna tear this bad boy up as soon as I can. All right, you guys. Um, so Eric, out. Mark, is it Mark that's still? Yeah, Marco. Is, is Mark uh, still on here? Because I got a request. I'm a, I'm a fish and chips kind of guy. Oh, really? Place that sells good fish and chips, that's my kind of place. Mark, if you if you ever have fish and chips, let me know. <laughs> uh, you, well, see, see, that's what this show is good for. We shout out small business. We hook small business up with the city. That's, that's how it happens on this show. So, yeah, if you if fish and chips, they're on Friday. Uh, they open up at 4 o'clock. If any of you guys out there like fish and chips, Tavern on Broadway is the place for you um so at the moment I, I this is what i want to get your opinion on um we are noticing that things are starting to open back up river edge sammy hagar paramount all that ario speedwagon was here how do you feel about the city going forward are you optimistic about things what's your outlook and view uh for this year and then going forward well uh assuming that the vaccine is still effective against the, I think it's the Delta variant right now. And uh, I see no reason why we can't keep moving forward. I am, I'm excited that the museum's finally open. If we have to shut down again, I have no idea what we're going to do. Um, I, no one liked being stuck in their homes. So I did kind of enjoy it. Got to I, got to see the dogs. Got to hang out with my fiance. I mean, it was nice, but I'm I'm happy to be back in the office and being able to see my coworkers. Uh, let me tell you, I I was not. You know, I, there were some issues going on. Good morning, Roar was created in the pandemic in the bathroom, as you guys know. If you if you've been listening since day one, you know how this start. This show started in the bathroom. Um. But I wasn't too unhappy about not seeing people every single day on the streets. I wasn't, you know, I was concerned for my family's safety. I was concerned for my, you know, my mom, my dad, my son's mom, and my son. That, you know, those four individuals were who I was concerned most about. Uh, I wasn't really, you know... I stayed in the house and all that kind of stuff. But no, I, I, I get your point. If, if if we have to go back in any lockdown now with this Delta, I mean, that would be, it, it, it'd be definitely a reversal of fortunes. Right. And, uh, you know, my, uh, my fiance, she was, she was a very premature baby and uh, she had underdeveloped lungs and March of Dimes uh, actually stepped in and gave her uh, this new medicine. I mean, this is 1992. Um, so she got funded by the March of Dimes to to try out this new radical treatment, and it worked. You know, they said that she wouldn't live past sixteen, and she just celebrated her twenty ninth birthday back in April. I mean, it's incredible. so when this whole thing came out, and it was people that she gets sick all the time. <laughs> she does not have a good immune system. No, not like every day, but. Uh, people that were immunocompromised and likely to have underlying issues um, are more likely to have severe uh, consequences, put it that way. And so I was worried for her safety. And she worked at a daycare, still works at a daycare, 
until Monday. She's got a new job. And uh, so I was, I was very concerned for her. I told her if there's ever anyone that even starts showing symptoms at her work, just to leave. Don't worry about the paycheck. We'll figure it out later. And uh, turns out in November, she and I both had it. And uh, thankfully, you know, she's still around. Uh, no major issues. She never actually tested positive, but uh, she had all the symptoms. Yeah. I tested positive and had none of the symptoms. So that's kind of a weird thing. But so I remember because you 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 had a you had a. You had a moment, you had a, uh, we had a scheduled interview or a scheduled date. The date, the last time we saw each other, you, that was a, that was reestablishing the date that we had because of the testing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that was fun sleeping on the couch. And, uh, anyway, so moving forward with this Delta variant, you know, if it, if it does spike in the United States, um, no one wants to go back for the lockdowns. No one does. But we need to do what we need to do. I mean, I have no problem sheltering inside. You know, if we can get through a, a few weeks of it and people actually, I know it's, this is getting a little political, but if people would just listen to the, the experts involved, you know, we listen to teachers, we listen to, um, you know, we listen to museum curators because they did the research. Well, why can't people trust the scientists then? You know, you bring up a good point. We talked. We had Eric Franzen, dear friend of the show, yesterday. Uh, he's leaving for Florida this Friday. Shout out to Eric Franzen, a good brother. You know what? It's it has political overtones, but it's really not. I mean, for heaven's sakes, who are you gonna trust? It, it shouldn't be right. Exactly. I mean, for heaven's sakes, you know, you gonna trust a guy working at Pet Boys? About the CDC and rules and masks and variants, or are you gonna trust the site? You know, whatever. You know, so you, you are right though. It shouldn't be political, and it's unfortunate that it is. But if you just use a little bit of common sense, you should be Tracy, okay. Tracy, uh, you'll be able to tell me uh, where about this is. But there are mass graves in Aurora from the 1919 pandemic, the 19 uh, Spanish flu. There are mass graves in Aurora. If, if that's, there's any more evidence that you would ever need that maybe we should take these things seriously and consider that these scientists who have committed their lives to researching these diseases might be right, there it is. Uh, very well said. Very well said. We got a quick news item here um, uh, briefly. But before I get to that news item, uh, Oswe tells us he doesn't know about the drones. Don't they have the special sound machines that tell you if it's gun or fireworks? So that's true. There is a technology. Um, boy, the name escapes me. I think it's called like Shot Alert or something like that, where it registers gunshots, where they go off, and then the police department uh, then responds to said area. Um, and APD has that technology, and that, I think that's part of what's being put into their new crisis intervention center or whatever the acronym is. Oh, that's right, that's right, Shot Spotter. That's what it's called. Shout out to my special guest for having that interview. Yay! Shot Spotter, yeah, uh, Shot Spotter is what it's called. Uh, and also, Anna Sierra's here. Founder, owner, and curator, creator, uh, curator's just on my mind, of uh, Anna's Custom Treats, great small business, shouts out, says, all right, here's the next thing. A $70 million apartment project is proposed for Aurora's Riverfront. A um, little bit of consternation going on about this, up to and including um, accusations of widespread gentrification being... Uh, Concocted over a nefarious bowl of smoky soup in City Hall. I don't know about all that. That's a little much. But anyway, a Chicago-based developer is planning a $70 million, 246-unit apartment building on North Broadway on the east bank of the Fox River in downtown Aurora, DAC Developments. is seeking a redevelopment agreement that would see the city pay about $6.7 million dollars in incentives toward the project, which would be next to River Edge Park, near the new pedestrian bridge across the street from the Aurora Transportation Center. Uh, Dave Debo, 
Aurora's economic development director called the project, quote, absolutely inspiring, end quote. It will not only encourage more development along the east side of the river, but certainly along the west side, too. It will be the first new private construction project downtown since River Street Plaza in 2007. Before that, the last private major construction was Hollywood Casino, 1992. Wow. Uh, Daniel Resco, president and owner of DAC Developments, said his company has been working on this project for two years and chose Aurora from 20 communities. He said there were many factors that pointed his company to, excuse me, toward Aurora, including what he called Mayor Richard Irvin's, quote, vision, end quote, of how to bring development to downtown. The link to this article will be in the chat about 14 seconds. Time is 8.46 a.m. You're listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. We're here with a dear friend of the show, Eric Pry, the curator of the GAR Grand Army of the Republic Memorial Hall and Museum, and the coffee is Duncan. Eric, I want to get from you three things, places that you like in Aurora. They can be entertainment, they can be food. Now, I notice you're going to start going to Tavern on Broadway, 24 North Broadway. On Fridays, because they got the best fish and chips on earth outside of Ireland or Wales. But give me three places that Eric wants to shout out you go to right now. Let me know. Well, you know, Dairy Delight. Yep. Yeah, that is that is a household uh, favorite. Over here. Uh, I mean, they're, they're large ice creams. I didn't realize how large they were. Um, so I'm going to stick to the smalls from now on, because that's like the normal large. Um, and sticking with the, the ice cream theme, too, Banana Split is okay. amazing. They're really great. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put those two as, as one. You know, Any place that sells ice cream is good to me. Uh, what's the... I guess I'm going to have to choose the place that I've spent my most time at, and it's not technically in Aurora, but it's Menards. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm on the east side, so uh, we're on Swego over there. But, uh, you know, in Aurora, um, well, I guess technically the GAR would be my favorite. There you go. <laughs> 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 oh, well, man. see, that's, that's the it's thing. It's fun when you hang out with your friends in the morning time. It is, it is. It's hard to think right now because the past year, I haven't been able to go anywhere. Been in grad school, finishing up my thesis, so... Going out isn't really an option right now, so I'm uh, I'm a little lost, a lost here right now. And where uh, where else I go? Uh, what, what was your grad school, school thesis on? Oh, time for me. So my my thesis is about the political, economic, and cultural influence of GAR Post Number Twenty, which was the organization here in Aurora, and uh, yeah, it covers it covers a lot of information. Some a little briefly, some uh, you know talk a lot about Henry H. Evans, who was a huge political figure in Aurora. Tell, tell us more about him. We, you and I talked about it over coffee yeah. outside one day, but. Yeah. People up. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he served, I believe, one term in the U.S. or not the U.S. The Illinois House of Representatives pushed through the militia bill, which uh, helped fund essentially the uh, the National Guard or what turned into the National Guard, and uh, then lost his reelection bid. <laughs> Two years later, in uh, 1880, he wins his first term in the Illinois Senate. For the fourteenth district. This fourteenth district. They may that have renumbered. Now, that's what is now Bill Foster's district, right? Congressional district. Okay. And uh, yeah, after that, he served twenty-eight years. Twenty-eight years. Now people have a problem with Mike Madigan. Now, I'm not saying that I do, but you know, that's a lot of the rhetoric. Think of. Henry H. Evans as the Mike Madigan of his age. I mean, he was, his nickname was the Dean of the Senate. I mean, he 
he was involved in almost every major le- piece of legislation that came out of the Illinois Senate through the Gilded Era. Um, the the political or the sorry the economic power he held in Aurora, you know he created or he bought uh, Hotel Evans. He owned an ice cream shop before that. Uh, he was a restaurateur. The uh, E.J. and E. Elgin. I'm sorry, Joliet. <laughs> Joliet, Aurora, and Northern, which later became part of the Elgin, Joliet, and Eastern line. Um, Phillips Park. It's hairy. I know it's. <laughs> Phillips Park was Evans Park before they the city bought out, or uh, I'm sorry, T. Phillips Estate bought it out and made it into a park. So the, there's trail. There should be a train track lines still in there. That's part of. The uh, Juliet Aurora Northern line. Yeah. I didn't mean, know that. Interesting. You and I mean, history. railroads were huge back then. I mean, that's when they were really picking up their, their steam. And uh, so just the fact that he created this, and then it was later bought out by uh, by U.S. Steel Company. Um, all right, real quick. Our dear friend Dora Soto is here, y'all. Dora Right down from New China Hut, right across the street uh, from the Aurora Public Library. And I want to give a special shout out to Devin and Alvin, who are also friends of the show. APD, what up? Now, we're talking about a few things. We got a whole lot of stuff. Hold on. But Tracy Duran says Egan was the one who got JFK to come to town. Shouts out to Egan. And then um, Tracy also found some information on the Spanish flu victims in a mass grave in Aurora from the then and that the excuse me the then and now site Facebook page the link is in the chat you guys can definitely check that out at your leisure um uh for the for those of you who are unfamiliar Tracy Duran is a local uh author and historian and we featured her a couple times and we did a little piece about Leland Tower with her so please check that out and check out the uh Facebook page as well the time is 8:53 holy cow where does the time go? All right. Uh, last thing. I gave you the information about the $70 million apartment project, which is going to cost the city $6.7 million. Uh, got a little bit of bad news. And you know we're not really ones for bad news, but this is important because, as you know, it has to do with public safety, and we're big on public safety. Uh, two people were injured in a shooting over the weekend in Aurora on the east side. 700 block of East Galena Boulevard, and that's according uh, the police regarded, excuse me, police were called regarding the shooting at around 6.23 p.m., uh, and that's according to APD spokesman Mr. Paris Lubell. Two people were taken to a local hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Anyone with any information is in, uh, encouraged to call Department's Investigation Division at 630-256-5500 or call Crime Stoppers at 630-892-1000 to leave an anonymous tip. All right, um, Eric, before we go, Nora Peterson's here, y'all. Good morning, Norma. You All of our people are here. And by all of our people, that's all of you, everybody. All right, uh, last thing. Before we go, Eric, um, you know, all of the work that has happened uh, with the GAR service and sacrifice exhibit is open. Upstairs exhibit. Last time I was in there, I got a couple of scaffolds and everything going on. Um, What's the status of that? Is there a final date when all of that's going to be completed? Some of the frescoes are being uh, repaired. Painted or, or restored? Yeah, what's tell us about that. From 1877, and, uh, you know, you got Washington, Farragut, Lincoln, and General George Thomas. Those were just from smoke damage. I mean, you used to smoke cigars in there. They had a wood-burning stove. I mean, eventually, they're going to darken up, and you can't really see them. Then in the 60s, they said, hey, let's put a layer of varnish over it. People are still smoking in there and doing whatever. 
So now we got we got the paint, dirt, dust, smoke damage, varnish, dirt, dust, smoke damage. So you got just tons of layer of stuff over it. They're going through with Q-tips, just cleaning every square inch of that. They're taking off all the dirt and dust, they took off the varnish, and then they're getting through another layer of dirt and dust and smoke damage. <clears throat> they're telling me August will be done. Now that depends. There may be a couple extra things. That green that's in that, that's not the original green. They, uh, they found the exact oh, shade of green. It is a green, but it's not, it's not that green. So they found the exact shade of green. Um, they th think they found the border because uh, they were kind of they're painted into frames, per se. And uh, they found the border. We're going to see how much it would be to restore that whole section. And uh, so August may not be the actual end date, but that's what we're being told right now, just for what our current project is. We'll see, though. We'll see. Uh, so Mr. Barrero and Tracy reminded us of something. Egan, Paul Egan, who was the mayor, he had a parrot for a police chief. Yeah. He, he named a parrot the, the, the chief of police or something like that. That's, that's a fact. Well, I wanted to say when, uh, when Tracy said that um, when she got JFK to come here, well, he almost also got Khrushchev to come here, too. Yeah. He called the Soviet Union and said, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what John Jero said. Said, uh, you know, the United States is uh, under control of, you know, basically psycho. So we need the Soviet Union to come here and, and save us. It was a whole big deal that he called the Soviet. It's like, what, who does that? Hey, only in the second largest city. <laughs> Could you imagine if Good Morning Aurora was around back then, trying to get Egan on the show? He would have been crazy, man. He would have been crazy. Um, Josue tells us, don't you think they take advantage with the surveillance drones by spying on people? That's in regards to the article we put about the fireworks either to go away. That is an interesting... Um, and there's an interesting, what would the word be of that? Assertion. Um, Josue. Yeah, definitely, yeah. I'm not interesting enough for them to care about me. And as far as I'm concerned. If somebody wants to spy on me, they're going to get real bored real quick. You know, if they, if they want to take advantage and uh, spy on me, that's, or observe me, if you will, they'll, uh, they'll see me come home, work on my paper, Go downstairs, eat dinner, watch some TV, and go to bed. I mean, not the most exciting kind of. <laughs> so that's just my opinion. Um, of course, there are limitations and and stuff to what what we should allow. Uh, that's why we have the U.S. Constitution and the Twenty Nine Amendments. Uh, you know, it, it would be a separate discussion about spying and its limitations but i will say uh and i have a lot of friends in the social justice community who express consternation with my opinion over this but um one has to take measures in regards to information whether you want to call it spying or not i don't know but the threats are varied when it comes to what people are doing, how technology has changed, or criminal activity. So, uh, you know, the FBI going into the phones of average citizens, absolutely wrong. The FBI having the ability to monitor the traffic between gangs and other criminal organizations, I applaud that. But see, it's quite dicey. Where does one begin? Who's doing the oversight? How can we trust? All of that is baked in the cake. Uh, but that's a heck of a discussion for 8.59 a.m. And that's where we're going to start to wrap it up. We're going to move away from that rabbit hole at the uh, moment. Uh, before we go, privacy concerns. Norma, that is absolutely right. Marissa Amoni says. Yay! Marissa says she can't wait to visit the GAR for First Fridays on August 6th, and great job, Eric. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Okay, so Eric, before we go, what's your message to the people uh, of Aurora on this Tuesday? Message to the people. Oh, I should have been prepared for this one. Um, 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the tried and true classic is go out there and support your museum, support your local businesses, support your Aurora businesses. Everything from the Historical Society to Tavern on Broadway to... Give me another one. McCarty Mills. McCarty Mills. Enviro. Yes. Treadwell. Uh, what, what we got? We got McCarty, TW, Treadwell, all, so many, so many. I'm good with history, not businesses. But support them. Go out there, shop, spend your hard-earned money on somebody who's going to appreciate it, not these big, giant corporations that count you as another figure. Very well said. All right, um, so we appreciate it. Charlie's Creamery, that's another good one. We appreciate our friend Eric for coming on to the show with us today. This is another great episode of the Second Largest City's First Daily News Podcast. Last thing, many happy belated birthdays to you, my dear friend. Check out the GAR Cottonseed. That's right, Cottonseed Creative Exchange. Thank you, Mr. Um, Don't forget. Don't forget. Tonight. Committee of the whole. Get involved. Learn what's going on. Either go to the city council meetings or watch the city council meetings. Um, this was a great episode. We appreciate our dear friend Chupacabra. That's another one. So many. They've done this at the beginning of the show. Uh, we appreciate Eric Pry for coming on to the show. We hope that you guys have a great, blessed, safe, and positive Tuesday. Uh, tune in tomorrow for Buenos Dias Aurora. We have a new time. It's 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. with our dear friend Noelia Ruse of Wabanzi SBDC. All of you beautiful people out there, um, do us and everybody, everybody a favor. You know how we end. Take care of yourself and each other. Yeah! <laughs>